This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. My guest now, Jonathan Anser, has been a journalist at The Star, editor of Grocott's Mail, and a crossword columnist for The Cape Times. He has won awards for hard news journalism, feature, and creative writing. His books include The Victor Within with Victor Vermeulen, Spy, Uncovering Craig Williamson, and Betrayal, The Double Lives of Apartheid Spies. One of the themes he has explored in the past two books is how the spies go about winning the trust of people whom they will subsequently betray. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sue. Thanks for having me. What is your interest in the topic of spies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it started years ago when I was, um, when I, when I went to FITS and I, um, I joined NUSAS, which was the National Union of South African Students. And we were, it, it was really at the end of apartheid, but we were told that uh, there were spies. There was a lot of paranoia, even though we, we really didn't have anything to be paranoid about. This was sort of, you know, the, the beginning of the 90s. Um, and the security police were no longer interested in what was happening at this. But there was a time when they were interested and they had sent in spies, um, people like Craig Williamson to spy on this, on students. And so while I was there, I, I was conscious of spies on campus and I was always intrigued about what motivated somebody to live a double life. How could you infiltrate people and I think become friendly with them and see that they were essentially not terrible people. They were actually good people who, who, who just saw things differently, but yet you were prepared to betray them and do terrible things. I mean, Craig Williamson went on to uh, um, interrogate some of the people that he was friends with to send them to prison and also to kill them. He's, he sent a parcel bomb to, to a family that he had got to know. So I was intrigued by what motivates somebody to betray people that they become close to. It sent me down a rabbit hole. Once I started to dig, I became a bit obsessed. And so for five years, I devoted my life to trying to understand what motivates these people. And from all, you know, the, the first book was specifically about Craig Williamson. Um, and then the, the second book look, looked at um, a whole series of spies um, from different eras and also people who spied not only for the apartheid government, but people who spied for the liberation movement. What do you spies have in common and what murder, I mean, Craig is the one you focused on the most. To what extent was he typical of the others that you subsequently studied? I think uh, you know, the, the, the second book really looked at motivations for the different spies. Um, there, there's a formula, I think it was the CIA that came up with sort of the, the motivations, you know, why spy spy, and and the the acronym is MICE. The M stands for money. So some of the spies did it for money. Some did it for the I is for ideology. Um, and I think Williamson was a combination of of, of ideology um, and a sense of belonging. Um, some do it. The, the C is coercion. Uh, they forced to do it, and, and that I think happened. Um, you know, uh, uh, people were blackmailed into into spying, and then the E is for ego or excitement. Um, so that's it's a it's a very crude acronym that it tries to explain motivations. 
I think it's it's for a combination of, of reasons. So I think for, for Williamson, it was about ideology. I think he is essentially a very conservative person, quite right-wing, and he believed in this narrative of, of uh, the, the, the country is at risk uh, and at war with communists, and he's going to do his patriotic duty by defending the country from communists. But I think it was also sort of having studied his background a little bit, I think it was more than that, in, in that he was always an outsider, as far as I could see, at school. He was sort of a, a, a kid who, who didn't excel on the sports field. He didn't excel academically. He was, a, he, he was laughed at and, and bullied. And I think this was now a sense of, of belonging, that here he was, suddenly people had taken notice of him, and he was now important, and he was seen as somebody who who could be taken seriously and he had been singled out. So I think for him it was a, a sense of belonging and power. He enjoyed being able to wield power behind the scenes. But for others, there were very different reasons. For Olivia Forsyth, I, I think it was also it was about excitement. It was about um, manipulating. And, and I think some people were, were, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. So one of the people that I interviewed, Joy Harden, one of the spies, um, she, she had been manipulated quite badly by the special branch into uh, infiltrating the Black Sash and the end conscription campaign. And when I spoke to her, she was really broken about what she had done. She really felt that she had destroyed people's lives and she, she was really, um, she, she suffered uh, a, a lot of guilt and a lot of uh, remorse for what she had done. To what extent do some of them suffer remorse or get to a stage where they feel, I can't do this, I, I've become emotionally attached to this person and I cannot betray them? The, the spies that I, I uh, investigated um, only two of them showed any remorse and this was uh, long after that ended their spying career. So while they were spying, they, they, they did say to me that, um, yeah, yes, that, uh, yes, that Joy specifically had said to me that, that during this she felt terrible, but she, she, she felt that there was no way out. She felt that her life was threatened if, if she, if she decided to leave, um, um, she was in danger. Um, and she, I really got the sense that, that, that she was wracked by guilt. The other spy who, who I didn't meet because he died, um, Mark Baer, the famous novelist, um, I think he, he also showed a lot of remorse and he wrote lots of papers about it. Um, he tried to make a submission to the TRC. Well, he did make the submission to the TRC, but the TRC you know, wasn't interested in, in, in the spies, so it got nowhere. But he went around to all his friends that he had betrayed and he begged for forgiveness. And he's the only person who actually voluntarily came out and confessed to being being a spy. But I think the others didn't. You know, they, they justified what they did. You know, they were doing a job. Um, this was part of their, uh, uh, you know, their patriotic duty. And I think they didn't really, and I think they still don't feel remorse. Interestingly, the the, 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 the anti-apartheid spies, uh, Dieter Gerhardt, who, you know, I, 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 I find he is the most fascinating of all the spies that I uh, investigated in, in this because he was spying for Russia and he started spying in the 1960s, early 1963. And um, at the same time, he was rising up in the South African Navy and became 
became a very, very senior member of the Navy. He was the Commodore of the Simonstown Dockyard and part of the Security Council and hobnobbing with P.W. Boerter. But all this time, he was sending information um, to, to Russia, and he did it for 20 years. Um, and he, he is, you know, kind of, I, I would say, sort of an ideological spy. He, he, he felt that apartheid was wrong and he wanted to do something about it. Um, but uh, so, so for him, he, he doesn't see himself as having betrayed anybody. He said, I may have betrayed the government, but I didn't betray my country, which I thought was quite profound. Um, and also Roland Hunter, who, who, who was a conscript and was sent accidentally, but you know, by, by the, the military to military intelligence and started spying for the ANC, also feels, and I think quite rightly, that he wasn't betraying the country. He may have been betraying military intelligence, but the military intelligence, were, were, they were not doing good things. You know, they were involved in all sorts of uh, um, kind of hostilities on the frontline states. They were sending bombs. They were blowing up opposition. And so he felt that he was doing his kind of real national service by being a spy. You spoke about motivation, but is there a certain personality type as well involved with being a spy? Because you speak about Craig being, you know, feeling an outsider, but you'd think you'd need to be quite gregarious and outgoing to be a spy and to infiltrate people. You know, I imagine introverts wouldn't be good spies. Well, actually, Gordon Brookbanks, who, who, who was a spy at, at Rhodes in the early 80s, he was a part of the, you know, there were a whole lot of spies at Rhodes, and he was in Olivia Forsythe's class and with Joy Harden, but he, and he recruited Joy, who, who, who is an introvert, and he told me when I interviewed him, um, that the best spies are the, are the people who are shy, are the people you don't notice, um, because, they there quietly in the background. I mean, when when Williamson was at uh, a new says, um he, he was quite gregarious. People found him quite jovial, but he was the person who was doing all the hard work. You know, that the lefty students wanted to be on the. I, I'm being very simplistic now, but but they wanted to kind of be be active and and march and protest. But he was the person who was controlling the finances. Um, and he actually made uh, 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 Newsass sort of. He took it out of bankruptcy at one point, and he, he he did all the administrative jobs that nobody wanted to do because you know the the, the, the Newsass members didn't want to get bogged down with all this bureaucracy. But there he was, and he made himself valuable in in in, in that sense. And so they voted him. They they, they made him the uh, the treasurer, and he was on on the executive. And in the following year, he became the, the vice president of NUSAS, and that was by playing a, a, a sort of a backroom role. And so they were people who blended into the, the background actually made much better spies than people who were um, kind of shouting. And Mark Bear was an extrovert, and he was bubbly and and and, and charismatic. And I think that that wasn't seen as a good thing by the by the security police. I think they preferred people like Joy Harden, who was quiet and uh, and people and mousy, and people didn't really uh, uh, kind of suspect her. 
Jonathan, it's an absolutely fascinating talk. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there, but you've given us some insight into it. If anybody wants to get hold of your books, what should they do? Well, um, it's it, uh, uh, Spy, I think, is I'm not sure if it's still in uh, in, the, in print, but you can get it as an ebook. Um, and Betrayal is you can get it from uh, exclusive books or any bookshop. Um, and it's also on you know Loot and Take a Lot and uh, Amazon. Um, as an ebook and as a, uh, a paperback. Have you thought of your next book? I, I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment, um, and uh, none of them are uh, spy related. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, the thing about spies and interviewing spies is that they're trained to lie, and so they're <laughs> always honest, and so you can never really tell if you're being played or not. So I'm 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 going after much more wholesome characters now. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Therese. Take care.